Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, Mrs. Brightside, the killer's in town tonight at uh, Emo's. Those tickets went on sale two minutes ago. They're probably gone. Pretty cool. They're playing a small venue in East Austin on ahead of their show, big show out at uh, Coda this weekend. That's yeah, one of the, uh, the all-time greats. And uh, they got a lot of good songs, the killers. I'm a big this fan. This is a good one. Yeah. yeah this is the, the banger, the, the best. Oh, yeah. This is their top one. Yeah, for okay. sure. And you, you, you hear them... They, uh, they, they're as I t- said to tell you to Nick, they're from Vegas. So I don't know. I just grow up in Vegas. You're you're gonna do a big show, right? You're gonna put on, you know, big elaborate show. They're showmen, mm-hmm. I think, is performers, it. man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they they do. Brandon Flowers is the lead singer, and then that song's about a, a girl that cheated on him, uh, his girlfriend. Oh, um, those are some of the best songs. Yeah, man. About pain, heartbreak, heartbreak, pain. Mm-hmm. No question about that. Um, that's what Adele, Adele and Taylor Swift make songs about that all the time. That's money. That's cash, man. Yeah, the true story. Your heartbreak right? is our. Is... What did they say about country music? Three chords and the truth. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, Sam's Town was a great album that they had uh, in the you're right that followed up Hot Fuss, which was a really good one. Uh, so yeah, that'll be fun tonight. That'll be fun to get out there and check them out if you're able to do that. And, uh, you know, the killers. When, if you're going to play the super stage at Cody, you're a pretty big deal. Uh, with with what they do out there, you know, I mean, booking huge bands. So, yeah. and then they're going to play seventeen hundred seat emos tonight. Uh, all right. So also on Wednesdays, we uh, get you up over the hump. Start looking forward to the college and pro football weekend. Uh, Ty will have his what's popping pick by the end of the hour. What's popping? We'll also preview one more time fully that big Astros Rangers game three tonight, seven oh three tonight. Rod Max Scherzer, Ranger fans, what Max Scherzer are we getting tonight? Is this going to be super intense? Uh, Hall of Fame Cy Young Max Scherzer, who's got a 7-7 seven and seven career postseason record and has pitched in big games like this so many times. Or, as Astro fans are hoping, Rod, is there a little rust here? Is there a little, uh, you know, coming back earlier than he probably should because in the adrenaline and all that. Like, it only takes a couple of bad pitches, as we've seen, to, mm-hmm. to kind of change a game. You give up, leave one up, and all of a sudden it's a 2 nothing lead early. That's the one thing the Astros and really nobody against the Rangers in this postseason have been able to do. That's play with a lead. They're playing from behind all the time against these Rangers right now. Yeah, the the Rangers have only trailed for one inning at the end of one inning <laughs> the entire postseason, which is just freakish uh, because they like you said it they jump out quickly they start fast. Well, the road team bats first, right? Yeah, and the teams that are scoring first uh, in this uh, postseason are winning seventy three percent of the games. Um, that's a big number. Uh, so I think it is something to your theory about jumping on your opponent and with the playoff pressure. Um, we said you know everything is magnified, everything's amplified in the playoffs. So it's even more pressure. Yeah, throws the the tension into the other dugout. Yep, and makes and them they play get, from they got to play with desperation then. Yeah, right? with more desperation at that. You start point. counting outs. You're like, yep. oh man, we're we only have you know we got 27 outs in a ball game, but. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously it's not lost that the Rangers, have pl- six of their seven postseason wins have come on the road, and the road team bats first. So you have the opportunity first to go strike, and they've done that often 
uh, to get runs in the first or second inning uh, to, to really you know change the the stress level of the game. And it also gives your starting pitcher a chance to pitch more comfortably because he's oh, yeah. got a lead already. Playing defense with the lead, I always say this about football, and I think it applies to baseball as well, just in this conversation. Um, every guy's experienced this before uh, when back in the days when you were you were out a single man and you're out there uh, trying to you know trying to hook up and dating whatever so you're going out and you have to go out with no money and you go out broke Ty knows about this right you got to be a baller not just on the budget be a baller shoot early. be a baller when you're broke right <laughs> and it's tough being a baller when you're broke especially hitting on women because oh man what if they want drinks and what if she wants to go with something to eat and you're like damn I only got like twenty bucks okay uh, you know what I mean you got to make it work right. Um, but when you go out, when you have money in your pocket, say it's payday and you're going out the next day. Oh yeah. Think about how different your confidence is. Think about how, uh, you know, how you take your time you walk, <laughs> right? You think about your walk, your talk, everything's different. You just have a, a different aura about you, a different energy about you. And it's just confidence. It's just because you now you're playing with the lead <laughs> pretty much, right? You got money in your pocket. That's the same confidence I think players have in certain sports when they're playing defense with a lead. Right, when you can play with that lead, it gives you a different confidence. You're playing with a different energy. You're playing with. I think the Rangers have been a testament to that. Yeah, it just builds your confidence, and yeah. the other teams like, oh man, here we go again. They start freaking out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, they're I mean, insecure. You go look in their playoff run here. These seven games, first or second inning, they almost always put runs on the board. I think it was the fourth inning. It took them against one of the Orioles games. The only time they trailed after was after this bottom of the first inning against the Orioles. The Orioles scored two runs. And they came right back with five in their half of the so, second inning. So it was like a half an inning, basically. Yeah, yeah they're, just, they're good. And that's what the Astros have to deal with uh, for sure tonight. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, Rod, in addition to that, we've got uh, hoops last night. Rodney Terry and his Longhorn basketball team uh, got after it in Gregory Gym last night. Pretty good crowd. Pretty, I think they sold the place out. Or I don't think they were nice. selling tickets. So it was just, you know, come on and yeah. get some free pizza. Uh, no, that's but, all you need to do. Free, free, free pizza for college students. It's going to be packed. Yeah, and the headline is this. I mean, um, we know that the backcourt with Max Acemus and Tyrese Hunter, uh, Kendall, War- Kendall Weaver, the kid who transferred from UT Arlington, mm-hmm. is, is going to be a part of that backcourt. Um, you know, I think you're going to see there's a, a kid named Ethel Horton that I know they're really excited about. He transferred from Central Florida, sharpshooter. Uh, it's a really good backcourt, a mix of young guys, veteran players, uh, and Max Acemus is preseason All Big Twelve. So you really like what you're going to you're going to get from from the backcourt. And guard play is so important in college basketball. Front court. Should be really good, but that's where the question mark is right now because of injuries. Now, last night, Rod, how about I'm about to sneeze? Now, last night, Dylan Mitchell was the guy that filled up the stat page, and this was exciting, right? He went through the draft process and uh, you know got a grade and saw where he was. There's still a lot of people thought he was going to go and try to be a second round pick and then yeah. move on to the NBA. He came back, and he's you know he's working on his defense. He's working on his three point shooting. Because uh, the league, I'm assuming, told him, look, you're super athletic, but everybody in our league is super athletic. Mm-hmm. You're 6'8". Well, we see you as a 3 and three, D guy. 3 and D, baby. Yeah, we need you to work on your jump shot, your offensive game, and then we got to see us playing some defense. Uh, use your athleticism to play defense. Well, last night he had 10 points. He had three block shots. He grabbed six rebounds. Very active. And if that's the kind of stuff you're going to get from that, I mean, they only played... I mean, I don't know how long the scrimmage was. I think it was like 30 minutes. Uh, but, you know, 43, it was 34 to 23 was the final score. Mm. But um, so it's one of those, that would be great. Now, there are other question marks they have are, are, are on the in the post because right now Caden Shedrick, the Virginia yeah. transfer, and Dylan DeSue are not playing. 
And Rodney Terry did reveal last night and clarified, saying, look, we're going to play. Here's his quote. Those guys are a big part of our season. The thing with both Caden and DeSue, we're playing a long, the long game with those guys. We have a chance to be really, really good with those guys out there. Um, we'll be a lot better. He said we're going to be good already, but we'll be a lot better with both guys in our lineup. And Caden, he said, is progressing really well. If he continues on that trend, he's headed. Uh, he'll be back sooner than Dylan DeSue. With yeah. Dylan DeSue, it's that foot injury that knocked him out of March Madness last year. You don't want to rush that. Do not want to rush that. Not a big man. Um, he says, we're playing the long game with DeSue because we want him for the whole season. If that goes into the November or even the 1st of December, no problem. We'll have other guys with opportunities to step up and get things done. We want him to be able to come back and be able to play at the level when he left. Remember, he was carrying that team in the last year before he got hurt. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he, he 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 hit his peak right at the right time. Big 12 tournament time. MVP. Yeah, he was like right in the postseason started. That's when he hit his stride. Had the big 28-point game against uh, Penn State in it the was tournament, tough to if stop. you remember. What was the name of the, the shot? that They named it. The, it, it was called the um, flotation. Oh, no. Really? Remember, you remember the name the guys came from? Like his push shot? He had his signature shot he was throwing out there. It's the Sioux drop. Oh, I forgot the name. They know the players on the team had a name for it, too. I'll, I'll find a name for it. I'll find it. Uh, so, in, in the meantime, uh, UTEP transfer Zarek Onyema will be a big part of the, the front court. Brock Cuttingham, Dylan Mitchell to fill the void early. Um, and Onyema's a guy who looked I mean, he, he and Dylan Mitchell were going at it last night pretty good in the post. And um, he's a physical player. Uh, Rodney Terry had, tra- had recruited him when he was at UTEP. And uh, so, man, they get the full compliment, Rod. And you've got, remember, Caden Shedrick's a big 6'10 guy who at Virginia, playing for Tony Bennett, was really just asked to play defense and rim, rim protect, rebound. The flotation station. Flotation station. That's, what, that's what they called it. That's what the team called it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it out there. But, but Shedrick tra- picked Texas because he said he wanted to play in a more up-tempo offense, which Rodney Terry's going to play, and he wants to work on his offensive game. But you know what you're getting at the beginning. He's a defensive guy because everything Virginia does in college basketball is based on defense, Rod. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to win 50-49 to 49 if they can. Uh, Rodney Terry wants to get up and down the floor a little more, and Caden oh, yeah. Shedrick can help at 6'10", long arms. He also can shoot it. When he needs to, and then Dylan DeSue. So if you've got a front line of Dylan DeSue, Caden Shedrick, and Dylan Mitchell, and improved Dylan Mitchell, and then a backcourt rotation that includes Max Acemas, Tyrese Hunter, Kendall Kendall Weaver, um, that's a pretty good team, yeah. Rod. Yeah, something like it's nice. Uh, it might end up rounding in the form pretty Brock good. Brock Cunningham is still, you know, what he is. Triple OG. Triple OG. Been there forever. Yeah, man. Cool with it. Yeah, I think that's... That's a junkyard dog out there. That's a lot to like, and it was good to see them last night. And obviously, they'll join the fun here with Texas football on center stage. Texas volleyball cranks up, and now here comes Texas basketball. Also, congrats to Texas uh, freshman point, or young point guard, um, the Rory Harmon, point guard uh, from, from my alma mater in high school, Rod Cypress Creek. She is the preseason player of the year pick in the Big 12 on the oh, women's wow. side. There you go. She's a hooper. When did the, uh, the ladies have, did they have their uh, orange and white game? They have something like that? Uh, they did. Uh, they have an orange and white coming up. They were at Media Days this, this week. Okay. Um, women's Media Days had theirs. And uh, I think that there was, and she was picked as the preseason. And by the way, Texas was picked to win the conference. To, to, with Vic Schaefer. Vic Schaefer, Rod, and the Texas women. It's his fourth year, and this should be his best team. He brings back, as I mentioned in the headlines this morning, 88% of his scoring from a year ago and 90, uh, 94% of the rebounding. And he's got the preseason player of the year in Rory Harmon, who's an all-defense and offensive player. They also bring in a, a lady, a young girl, young lady who was picked to, to be the preseason freshman of the year in the Big 12, and that's Madison Booker. So yeah, a lot of talent. Loaded. 
Yeah. A lot of talent, but we know what women's basketball is, right? you got to beat LSU, who's going to be preseason number one. You've got uh, um, you know, Baylor in your own conference is always really good. Iowa. Iowa with uh, what they do. Caitlin. UConn. UConn. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, LSU actually got some transfers too. Haley Van Leith. Yeah, like how from they, Louisville. Yeah, they got even better. They actually got some uh, big time transfers via the transfer portal. So yeah, they they're gonna be a force. Well, last year, seeing them won the national championship, had nine transfers. Like, yeah, like the roster was built through the portal. I know, and then I'm saying they and got. Then she won the Natty. And but those were I don't know if they were all like big time, but now they're getting like yeah some of the best players in college basketball to come in women's college basketball that want to be a part of the LSU squad, kind of building their little dream team, if you will. Kim Mulkey had a. A surgery recently, though. Uh, did she really? Oh, I think something, something semi serious? semi serious, oh. like a heart surgery or something. Okay. Like that. Oh wow. I'll look up that up. But they um, look, they'll be coming back as one of the favorites for sure. But uh, Kim Mulkey can flat coach it up, whatever her Damn wardrobe right. is and whatnot. I bet she she could coach a team of guys. I think she could. She knows ball. To like to at least the tournament. And you know, it's, it's about motivation, coaching. Um, you know. Raising the bar, getting players to play at a higher level. Well, she had a heart procedure. Oh, yeah. That what it was? Yeah. yeah. Accidentally found issue. Wow. Oh, so that's that's a blessing then. Yeah, blessing. I mean, they weren't like Sark's thing. Yes. Was Sark yes, went in for like a physical, and then they found like, you know, the heart, the cardio issue, and thank God they did because it could have went wrong at any time. Yeah, LSU women's coach Kim Mulkey had a little numbness at the tip of her finger combined with the curiosity resulted in having a potential life-saving heart procedure. Man, don't ignore any symptoms, guys. Look at that. Numbness in the tip of her finger, and she went in for just to, to check it out. And she said, "I never even felt bad. I'm still wow. kind of in shock that we accidentally found this." My message: If you're hearing this, and you're over fifty, go get a stress test. Yeah, go get it. It's where it ain't. Yeah, guys, any any little thing. If they don't find something, hey, it's all good. But if they do find something. Thank God you found it early. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Uh, glad she found it. You good mentioned it was Sark, right? Oh, no, it's Sark. I mean, it saved his life. Yeah, it, it was like- Nick Saban that forced him to get the physical. Hey, all his coaches have yeah. to go through that. That I'm sure a stress test was a part of it. Yep. He said he did it. Uh, basically, the university made him do it, and he thought it was so good, and his uh, wife, they loved it so much that he made it in a, a routine thing and then made all of his coaches start getting that, that initial annual physical and stress test. And for Sark, man, if he didn't get that, we don't know what Sark would be today. And he said that, that we <laughs> revealed that actually for the first time going into the Alabama game, saying there's you know he's got special fondness for that place for Nick Saban, but also for the doctors and the trainers mm-hmm. and those who really saved his life. Yep. And I think Kim Mulkey could relate to that too. So yeah, get yeah, that stress yeah. test, and I need to remind myself of that. Right. Get her done, man. Get her done. Get out and do that. Yep. All right. So there's some hoops, and you've got baseball tonight. Rangers, Astros. We've got uh, football on the brain. Rod will take us behind the BOC coming up. I'll also mention Rod here in our in our fabulous fifth hour, and we talked about it way back in the six o'clock hour. So better to do it again. The Big Twelve. We know what Texas is now, right? I think we're pretty pretty good. You know. Pretty established team. They're five and one. They're number eight in the country. They're the highest ranked one loss team, and they're in a good spot if they can now use the the week and continue to to work on the issues that were revealed in the Oklahoma game mostly. But really, over six games, your your issues get revealed. Red zone offense, which you're going to talk about coming up behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, tackling, Sark has talked about. They really mm-hmm. need to be better as open field tacklers. Rush lanes on defense is something they really want to focus on for running quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, but you feel pretty good. You know what you got in Texas. They've been, Jonathan Brooks has emerged as a go-to running back, one of the best in the country. Uh, you know, having a great first half of his year. Can he continue that? X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, big time. Offensive line should keep getting better and better. you got to figure out your injury situation on that interior. But there's not a lot of uh, question marks with Texas. Same with Oklahoma. Yep. 
But but it, what's interesting about the Big 12, as bad as it was in September, all the losses the conference took in non-conference games, this past weekend there really was a cool narrative shift around the Big 12 in that, okay, these teams are, are realizing they're not very good, and we saw a freshman quarterback for K-State, true freshman named Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson's legit, Joe. Not the Spurs point guard and former Avery coach. Avery Johnson. No, the quarterback. Yeah, he he took over in the first half uh, for Will Howard. He can run, run. Will spill the pill, and all he did is proceed to play the entire second half. Five touchdowns. And run for five touchdowns. Yep. Five he, he ran for, and you got to con- consider that you know Texas Tech hadn't prepared for this guy, and he shows up, and he's a four-five quarterback. Uh, he only completed seven of eight passes for seventy-seven yards, but he ran for ninety-one yards and five touchdowns, five TDs. As K State won the game thirty-eight twenty-one. So the, and now this week, Will Howard and Avery Johnson are listed as or on the quarterback depth chart. They should be. I mean, he he scares you more than Will Howard. I was a you know Will Howard fan. He went from Will spill the pill to Will the thrill, and now he's back to Will spill the pill. But Avery Johnson averaged five points per drive and scored thirty five points on the seven drives he played. They gonna play him. That's that's they gonna play him. (laughs) Making you prepare for him for sure. Yeah. And he you know Avery Johnson's not a fluke. I mean, he was a four star recruit. He Mm -hmm. was the top player in the state of Kansas coming out of high school. He committed to play college football at K State over Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, the, wanted, he wanted ten. to be with that program. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to play for K State, and I think I think he's going to end up being starting quarterback by the end of the year. He's forcing the issue right now. Yep, and uh, that win thirty eight twenty one. So then in Fort Worth, Rod, same day, uh, that happened at night in Lubbock. Same day, uh, Chandler Morris is hurt for TCU. Their quarterback, well, a redshirt freshman from uh, Rockwall, kid named uh, Josh Hoover. Uh, stepped in, and all he did is throw for 439 yards and four touchdowns to four different receivers as the Frogs crushed BYU 44-11. Game was never close. Wow. Josh Hoover. Uh, we thought it was Chandler Morris. Is this the second year in a row that uh, Sonny Dykes has had the wrong quarterback on the field? <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter how you find your quarterback and whether you stumble upon him or whether you did it by you know your – uh, football acumen. Uh, hey, as long as you find them, that's all that matters. Yes. They found one. They found it last year. They found the right one. That's awesome. They're still uh, only winning five games this year. Who? TCU? Well, I mean, yeah. Mm, and and kind of like Texas maybe. Tech, BYU is a little surprised. They don't have much film on Josh Hoover. They'll get it now. The rest of the league will. But remember, K-State and TCU are both on the Longhorn schedule. So keep those names in mind. Avery Johnson, Josh Hoover. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to purple Longhorn, kryptonite. Remember the Longhorns after this trip to Houston to play the Cougars will come back to back for come home for back to back home games against BYU and K State. And now, so K State, you know BYU is now four and two, but they're off to a one and two start in Big Twelve conference play. It ain't looking good. Uh, they look like a very beatable team now. K State with the addition of this quarterback does that change the the tide for them? That's <laughs> something to watch. Is the and remember they play t- so this weekend, Rod. K State will host TCU. So you might oh, the get purple both. kryptonite facing off against yes, another, and huh? you, you, may, you get to see both of these freshman quarterbacks mm. uh, if they can continue it. Also, uh, Iowa State is a trip. Remember, the Longhorns play the two home games, and then they go on the road to Fort Worth and Ames mm-hmm. in November. Scary games because the Longhorns have always a struggle in Fort Worth for Texas, and it's always tough to go to Ames, Iowa. Um, times on those games not given. But now Iowa State has a redshirt freshman quarterback named Rocco Becht. Yeah. Rocco Becht. That's good name. He has stepped up, and he, if you're looking at the standings, they're three and one, Rod, in the Big Twelve. They were not very good in September for uh, Matt Campbell, but they're three and one now. Uh, and he had he had a, uh, a good game in their win over Cincinnati 
on Saturday. So yeah. I don't freshman know when, quarterbacks. When it's all settled, I don't I have no idea who's going to end up being the third best team in the Big Twelve. What's it, you know Texas and Oklahoma uh, separate from this crew? It could end up being like five different teams right now who could end up being the third best team in the Big Twelve. You just said it. Iowa State's got that uh, right now. They have that spot, and nobody expected Iowa State to be here after the gambling scandal and all that kind of stuff. And I think also. What gives these teams an advantage, at least for now, these teams you just listed here with the quarterback changes for performance or injury or whatever it may be, there's a lot of pre-prep done in the offseason for coaches and for programs, just assuming this quarterback's going to start or you know this um, player will start at this position and they're going to run this offense. So I'm sure Sark and you know a lot of the coaches, the analysts on the staff have already done some pre-prep for you know K-State with Will Howard and for TCU with Chandler Morris and things of that nature. Now you got to go back and reevaluate everything uh, that you had maybe pre-prepped already for those weeks because now they got brand new quarterbacks in there operating probably a different type of style of system with them in there and you got to figure out the overall scouting report on this player now you got to go find film on Rocco Beck whatever his name is go back and look at some of the high school film of Avery Johnson and figure that out I mean now you got to go back to work a little bit because the Big 12 changing so drastically the landscape of it but Man, quarterback, if you if you got you gotta figure out the quarterback, if your quarterback is hurt or if you're dealing with quarterback performance issues, don't be scared to make a move because it could save your damn season. It really could. You see in some teams, it may happen in the Big Twelve a couple of times. Yeah. Uh that oh, is speaking of quarterback, we got breaking news. Give me the breaking news. It's uh NFL. Um season ending surgery for Anthony Richardson. He's out. Yeah, that's we just a talked shame. about this about about quarterback injuries in the NFL. I counted guys eight teams who have already used through six weeks a backup quarterback. Eight teams already. Aaron, eight of thirty-two. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, uh, Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Bryce Young, Ryan Tannehill. You already got teams that have already started to you know move go to the backup quarterback for either injury issues or for performance. I think that's why all your NFL numbers are down to touchdown percentage, yards per attempt, scoring overall, yards per completion, net yards per attempt, passer rating. All those are down. A lot of it's because your quarterbacks are going down. You never cheer for an injury, but that's that's good for our guy Sam Ellinger. Yeah, well, he's oh. got a little backup quarterback now think about with Gardner that. Minshew there. And yeah. for the team, I, I honestly think that team has a higher ceiling right now. With Gardner, Minshew? with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Minshew's a quality player. I mean, he's probably one so of the He can win you games. He's one of the better yeah. backups. He one would have said backups. that even before the season started. And I think Agreed. that's why they invested in him, knowing they got a rookie quarterback. Just like the Houston Texans, right? They've got Davis Mills and Case Keenum. Like I always forget that. Two veterans. Yeah, if they were to lose Smart move. C.J. Stroud. But so far, C.J.'s been good. But, yeah, you cross your fingers because it happened in a heartbeat. Look, the game tomorrow night, Rod, Trevor Lawrence against uh, Derek Carr. Both are dealing with injuries. Yep. Um, you know, Derek mm-hmm. Carr kind of gutted through that Texans loss on Sunday, but um, and and Derek, but the Houston won that game, and Trevor Lawrence suffered a knee injury. Now he says he's getting better, and Trevor Lawrence said it wouldn't be a big deal if it were a Sunday game, but you know it'll be a. Str- we'll see if he can go uh, on a quick turnaround week. Yeah. Uh, so those are two to watch as well. But the Anthony Richardson thing, you know, he he showed a lot of promise. I mean, he was as as athletic as advertised. I agree with that. He, was, he I think at one point through the first like four weeks through the first month he was leading the NFL in explosive plays. Yeah, he was dynamic. Passes of of 20 yards or more and runs of 10 yards or more. He really was fun to watch, but um yeah, I mean, I I seen him. He's an irresponsible runner. 
there's some runners who at the quarterback position who are responsible runners. They get out of bounds. They know how to slide. They know how to protect themselves. They know how to get skinny at the right time. Don't take unnecessary hits. And there are some runners out there that are just not responsible runners. They take a lot of unnecessary punishment. Josh Allen. Josh Allen did yeah, what Yeah, Josh Allen, too, too um, reckless with it. Yes, Anthony, Andrew Luck was like that. Some of the smartest quarterbacks are some of the most what was reckless. What's wrong with Andrew Luck? He's always hurt. Yeah, irresponsible when it comes to running, and he's one of those guys. He's just He's got to learn how to be a more responsible runner. He's pretty reckless uh, considering. Don't but, disagree with that. Yeah. Watch some Lamar Jackson film. Well, and look. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, is, he's responsible. Well, uh, he, show, he showed the promise that yeah. made him the fourth pick in the draft, but he also – as you you know, look, you can't make the club in a tub. We need to be able to rely on you. And he, in in a short amount of time, he suffered a concussion in a game against Houston that knocked him out of that game, no pun intended. And then now he's out for the year with yeah. a shoulder injury, and both were came on on running plays where he mm-hmm. was out of the pocket. So yeah. they're gonna have to work on that. But boy, he looks talented. Houston, meanwhile, the Texans, they're happy that their quarterback's oh. healthy, and C.J. Stroud. Almost always stays in the pocket and delivers a pretty football. He's off to a great start to his career. Houston and Dallas, by the way, Cowboys and Texans both off. This weekend, got, enjoying yeah, the bye week. Finally uh, gave up a sack. They did. hadn't given up a sack in a while. He Saints finally... defense is good. Dennis Allen gets after you on defense. I was happy to see that because the Texans didn't play great. They got to a 20-10 no. to 10 lead and then held on. And the uh, Saints had all kinds of opportunities. And uh, they missed a field goal, and they kept going for it because they needed a touchdown, and the Texans defense bowed up. This red zone, Rod, it's the reason the Texans won that game. Is they, it is. Uh, they they bowed up in the red zone for Debico Ryan's and you know forced the Saints to you know because they they were trying to kind of catch up and then they missed a big field goal which hurt them, uh, but Houston you know got to twenty and then stopped moving the ball. Yeah. Uh, but Dennis Allen's a good coach. Hey, we come back. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. We're talking all things Astros Rangers tonight. Also, Rod's got the deep dive on Texas. This matchup with the Cougars down in Houston coming Saturday. Hook them up. Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out. Hey, Rod, we're inside two weeks out of Halloween. Are you uh, planning to go out for Halloween with the new newborn? Or no. Or are we not doing that? No, no. We'll have some... Candy though, ready to go for the uh, for the, the youngsters. There yeah. you go. So we'll be uh, we'll no be no dress the... up for you. No, I no, I can't do it this year. I can't. No, I don't dress up unless you know I was in my twenties and I'm going out. Basically, Halloween only is only fun when you're a kid, and it gets fun again when you're like in your twenties. And then I think it gets fun again once you have kids again. That's right. And then you can take them out and help help them play dress up. And That's then right. you can enjoy all the candy. And you'll so get I, to experience that coming up. Yeah. So I think I'm in my I'm getting I'm, I'm right before the third phase of when Halloween is really fun again because it's only fun as a kid in your twenty your twenties. It's probably the most fun because. Basically, it's a it's an excuse for women to go out and just dress scantily clad and dress like skanks, and it's awesome. Yeah, they, their oh, inner their ev- inner hoe comes oh, out. Oh, <laughs> every, every, everything is naughty. It's a naughty nurse and a naughty teacher. I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's all naughty. Every fantasy. Oh, it's amazing. I love Halloween in, in like your early to mid twenties, and then in your thirties, it's like ah. But I'm I'm about to enjoy the the the, the dress the next up part. Phase is fun yeah, too, the dress when the kids part. Start doing and their I steal deal. her candy and stuff like that. It so, is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Ty, are you are you, are you costumed up? Or you oh. Got a plan? I know you need to make some money here, but uh, how are we feeling? Uh, last year I was Rod Stewart. Because <laughs> I remember this, Rod Stewart. I don't here. remember this actually. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't put much thought into it, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll 
I'll come up with something good. Do if you, there's any suggestions out there on the text line, I'll, I'll take them. Do you make these costumes yourself, or are we going? I never to go get... to like Party City and buy like uh, one okay. in the bag. I, I, I got you. you. Know, you I, don't I, go to Lucy in disguise. And, no, you know. I mean I've done that before. That's expensive. That I'd, expensive. I'd rather go to Goodwill, find some cheap stuff there, and then maybe order a wig or whatever I need to online. You go scrap to, it together. Do you go to Goodwill or the you go to the, the, the GW by Goodwill? With the GW on the BK. Oh. The, that's what it's the, the boutique. West, the Westlake. The boutique. The Westlake Goodwill is called the GW by no, Goodwill because they couldn't have a big Goodwill sign in, in, <laughs> yeah, in Westlake. Exactly. Uh, no, I usually go to the doesn't fit the profile. The one off Lake Austin, which also just moved, it's pretty bougie as well. There is that too. another bougie? But they no. got they got some good stuff there. They oh, do. No, no, the bougie uh, bougie Goodwills are the ones you go to. But. Or or Uptown Cheapskate. You run there before? Yeah. I've never been there before. Yeah, it's kind of got, expensive They've got as well. one on Lamar. they got one down uh, in San Marcos. I've never been there before. It's, it's where kids go, college kids go sell their clothes because they need money. Usually oh, have. they definitely got to get stuff in. kind of thing. That's why, okay. I don't, that's why I don't have any shoes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> in college, all, all your nice all shoes you yeah. sold? Yeah. <laughs> that your mom had bought you? Yeah. That's awesome. All my coats. All, all your coats. Stuff. Anything that was expensive for Christmas <sighs> gifts, you sold it. Yeah. I remember those At least you admit it. But yeah, I... There is apparently a Halloween party in our neighborhood that I'm. Ooh, block party. Uh, this just a neighborhood. Na- good friend of mine. They have, they have a Halloween party. They got to dress up. Are we talking a couple about? years ago. I did Batman. Did the whole Batman bit. Maybe oh. that was last year. Hey, you could uh, man. That's kill, serious. Kill two birds with one stone. Just dress up as a Texas Ranger. Oh, I know. That's what I'm already thinking. If the Astros can't find a way, find a way to claw back into this thing and win this series, Ty, to, that is going. That's already that's my, my go ahead. Even if the Astros win the series, that might be my go, my go-to. Or you could wear an Astros uniform with a clown mask. Oh, see, taking shots, man. Well, how can can you blame him? Can you blame the man for taking shots en- right now? Enjoy these last fifty-four innings of baseball for the year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be sad, but try to enjoy it. Thank you, um, thank you, Ty. He's so yeah. confident now. Remember, he gave up on his team. I do remember that. He did. Your karma should come back around because I, you, you gave up on the Texas Rangers. You it told us come on back these around airwaves. next series as long as we beat the Astros. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ty's cool with the next series just going all types of wrong as long as they can beat the hell out of the Astros. Well, that's what we said. The Phillies are as hot as the Rangers, maybe hotter the way they're pitching and hitting and Man, jumping, jumping out to quick starts and all those things. That's what uh, we'll see tonight. But yes, uh, the, the and we know the most popular costume. Well, the what's popping costume, which we'll have before the top of the hour, will be Ken and Barbie. Everybody will be Ken and Barbie. Or Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sports version of Ken and Barbie. <laughs> that's right. Ken and Barbie, that will be a really popular one. I'm trying to think of any other uh, pop culture related popular costumes. Yeah, it's all I'm Barbie. Sure it's all Barbie and Taylor Swift. You're right. You're right. That's all Barbie. I'm so going to go as Oppenheimer. <laughs> someone, oh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> I don't think people will get it. They wouldn't even get it. Yeah. Uh, someone says the Westlake GW has a jury department. It does. Damn. Hell yeah. Killian Murphy. Now, wow. now, years ago, probably five, six years ago, I discovered that GW boutique. And I used to, here's the amazing thing, Rod, because I know this is Westlake and it's oh, the yeah, richest man. zip code in, in mm-hmm. Texas, wealthiest. Like I went in there because they used to, because they've kind of scaled back their male, their men's clothing. But oh, yeah, because men don't ro- shop in there right. as much. Yeah. It used to be pretty robust, and I'd go in there and get these shirts. They still have tags on them, Rod. Oh, I could believe that. Still have tags. They've never been worn. Yep. They're like $9. I'm like, what? In their, you know, in my size. I'm like, holy cow. Wow. And I'm assuming, you know, late, you know, moms in Westlake buy clothes for their kids, and then they don't want them. Yeah, or their or husbands. Their, or their husbands. And they don't want them. They, they don't should, want them. And they go spring cleaning, clean out the Dad closet. Just give it away. Give it away. You should see my closet. I have probably... 80 shirts that I've never worn in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold up. Why? Why do you have shirts that you've never worn before? Because I don't wear button downs 
Um, anything I and also I'm I'm a pit sweater, so anything that's gonna you know you show wear, that going out, I just I just you don't wear I don't even try. You don't wear undershirts. I, I feel like that makes it worse. I wear I have I'm a, I'm a sweater too, so I have to wear undershirts. I sweat. sweat. And once I start, that. I can't stop. Yeah, same. Yeah, right. so, so I wear undershirts, man. That's, that's why I like. Wear, but that's why I like the winter because I can wear coats. And yeah, I, if yeah, I sweat, yeah. whatever. That's the truth. That's, man, you got shirts you haven't worn. I clean. I purge. I do too. I don't. I, I also yeah. can't throw anything away. Like I still, oh, I still have. Those. Like, I still. I mean, I will eventually, but I still probably have ten of my favorite shirts from like middle school. Yeah, to avoid yeah, being a hoarder, because I grew up next to a hoarder. Like my one of my neighbors was a hoarder. I didn't realize this, so I started watching hoarding. And to avoid that, I try to purge at least once a year. With the closet, you got to purge that thing, man. Just throw stuff away. If you ain't want, if you ain't worn it in like two or three years, you're not gonna wear it. <laughs> Just you know that doesn't happen. Yeah, if you don't wear it in two or three years, you're not gonna wear it. Just throw it away. Not throw it away, but give agreed. it to GW. Sorry, I have a rule, Rod, because <laughs> my closet is pretty full right now. If I if something new comes in, I got I'm not buying any more <gasps> hangers. Oh, that's good. So if something new comes in, I got to pick something that's got to go. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm out of hangers. That I love that idea. Yep. You know what? I might have to use that one. I like that. Yep. You bring something new in, something old's got to go out. Yeah, got to go. That's new. I like that. Gotta That's good go. discipline. Good discipline. Yeah. Shoes, I do the same thing. You know, if I get a new pair of shoes, which I don't do that often. I say, I don't buy a lot of new shoes, though. Shoes got to go. My wife buys the shoes. I, th- I think I probably have four or five like really nice pair of shoes, like tennis shoes that I don't wear. And then I wear like my work shoes. I got like two pair of work shoes. Not the same I thing. need to find a girl. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you do. Well, good, good woman will get you set up and organized, dude. They'll domesticate you, but they'll, they'll hook you up. Can we go behind the BOC? Texas football now. Coming off the bye week, a couple <laughs> days away now. Let's get it. And they were all asking themselves <laughs> the same question. What is behind that curtain? Stanley says, you guys need to try certain dry, need to try certain dry deodorant. It works. No, no, I've tried all the deodorants. Trust me. I've tried them all. It just doesn't matter. Matter of fact, right now, I wear secret deodorant. It is strong enough for a man. That's a different story. But I've tried all deodorants, and I'm just a sweater. And I think Ty's the same way. Patrick's like that, too. Some people just, they just sweat. I've gone to the dermatologist. Yeah, Trying to get this figured out. (laughs) We got got powerful sweat glands. What she told you? No, they told you, you're healthy. (laughs) You sweat a lot. That's healthy. You're healthy. You sweat a lot. I was like, clog those pores. Like, come on, I'll be unhealthy. See, I was kind of like that. So I've tried all that stuff, Sam. I appreciate that. But, hey, man, you're a sweater. You're just a sweater. Uh, okay, let's get to uh, some Longhorn football discussion. I brought this up earlier. I think that U of H's, uh, first of all, U of H's defensive game plan is just going to be to go with God. Um, it's just going to be <laughs> prayer and to go with God. Because I really don't see how they're going to match up with Texas. I just, there's no way they really can do it. Their defense is one of the worst defenses in college football. I gave all the numbers yesterday, but I'll go through them one more time here. 107th in scoring defense, 117th in pass defense, 99th in rush defense, 79th in red zone uh, defense, 126th in touchdown percentage in the red zone, 117th in total defense, 106th in 10-plus yard plays allowed, 90th in 20-plus yard plays allowed, 123rd in third down defense, 133rd in fourth down defense. They do force turnovers at a decent rate. They have forced them. I think they are actually are pretty uh, one of the leaders in the conference at forcing turnovers. That may be one of the only things they do well, E. 105th in sacks. They're 86th in tackles for loss. Like I said, they, they, can, they can turn the football over uh, probably higher than the average rate. Texas has turned the football over, what, four times? Actually, Quinn Ewers has in the last two games. Uh, for Texas, so maybe that's a concern, but that's not really something that's been 
typical of Quinn Ewers. That's not really been in a part of his 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 development as a player that he has been careless with the football. So I think that'll clean up too. And I remember one of those was you know uh, the 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 defender hitting JT Sanders and lodging the ball loose, um, and then there being a kind of a tip drill interception there, and then that was a forced fumble that he had too. So. I, I think that Texas will be okay when it comes to turnovers. If they do start turning the football over uncharacteristically, like in an Oklahoma game, then Texas has a chance to lose that game. Um, but I think this game is going to end up being a blowout or a shootout. Uh, blowout because U of H's defense just can't keep up. And then if Texas defense shows up against the U of H offense, then we could be looking at just a boat race because Texas is just that much better. But if the Texas defense cannot prove that they solved the problems that were presented to them in that Oklahoma game. I think Houston is going to, I said earlier, single white female, that Oklahoma game plan. They're going to copy it as much of it as they can and try to replicate as much of it as they can. And the quarterback run game, as a matter of fact, you go look at Donovan Smith, Longhorn fans, they know Donovan Smith really well because he was the quarterback, starting quarterback for Tech when Tech upset Texas a couple of years ago. He actually had his fourth uh, most rushing attempts versus Texas in that game when he was starting for Tech in 2022. He's big, so they'll use him in the kind of power, short yardage running game because he's 6'4", 6'5", 230. And he's actually had his best stretch of games, arguably in his career, in the last three games. He's completing 77.8% of his passes, of his passes and 77.5% of his passes in the last three games. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, averaging four and a half yards per carry and over 118 yards combined in the last three games. They will use the quarterback run game early and often. I've seen them run the quarterback draw, which was the, oh man, just a kryptonite for that Texas defense uh, with Dylan Gabriel, who ran it five times for almost 60 yards. So you'll see the quarterback draw. You'll see the design quarterback run game. He also can scramble. Remember, there are four scrambles that really hurt Texas and that Texas OU game by Dylan Gabriel they also can scramble I looked at pace because tempo was something Oklahoma was able to weaponize against Texas now the veer and shoot they're one of the fastest paced offenses in the country 2.53 average plays per minute by Oklahoma that's 15th in the country so they're top 15 fastest paced offense in the country U of H is 35th in plays per minute. They're at 2.39. Uh, but trust me, against Texas, some tells me they're going to speed that up if they watch that Oklahoma film. So they're going to also challenge Texas with the up-tempo. What happened when, when Texas went up against up-tempo? We saw a lot of missed tackles on the outside. All right, We saw a lot of miscommunication, coverage busts and breakdowns, gap integrity breakdowns, and it also neutralized the pass rush of Texas because they couldn't sub in fresh D linemen. And also the defense linemen just got worn out. Defensive front, actually got a little bit more worn out um, because of that pace. So that's something they're going to use. And the wide receivers, whether it be Matthew Golden or Man Jack, who's a good player, Sam Brown, who's leading the Big 12 in receiving, I like their receivers. I think it's the strength of the team. They will deploy those receivers and try to get them in space against Texas DBs and see if Texas can tackle better than they did versus Oklahoma. So everything that you failed at addressing in the Oklahoma game, you're going to have to – solve those problems versus U of H. Not at the same level, elite level of execution, but they will present the same issues. Yeah, uh, and can. Now, not at the and level, can. as you said, yeah. but, um, you know, they've seen it now. And that's why I think it's the perfect opponent for the Longhorns coming out of the bye week because Sark and the staff will have real live yep. examples of, hey, did we get better? 
did we get better at this? Because now, as we've talked about, you're going to see teams like K-State, who now has a running quarterback. Ooh, uh, yes, sir. Who can challenge you. Avery Johnson is his name. Uh, and they're going to be watching this, too. Now, K-State plays a different style of offense than Oklahoma or Houston. They but, can uh, run that triple option, though. That run quarterback, they can run, they can run, like yeah, Kansas like did. Like Kansas did, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all those things need cleaned up. And uh, uh, there's still an opportunity for Texas to run the table here, get themselves back in the mix for bigger picture things. But not without fixing those things, right? If they don't fix mm-hmm. the red zone, if they don't fix uh, the tackling and the uh, the path. I mean, Sark has been really harping on the rushing lanes. You can't. Yes, sir. We're so aggressive that we're running ourselves out of these plays, and we're letting the second the lineman get to our second level and block our linebackers. Um, it, we we need to put to play our responsibility. But you also understand that in those situations, Rod, um, you know the the team's been focused on trying to sack the quarterback and get turnovers. They haven't. So they spent the whole offseason hearing. Get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback, get him on the ground, get turnovers. Well, now it's like, okay, passing lanes, passing lanes, passing lanes. Uh, they got to be both disciplined but also be aggressive. So we'll see how yep. uh, Sark and the defense come out. Excuse me, PK and the defense come out here in the second half of the year. All right, we'll come back uh, when we do. What's popping, including the Sex Panther pick of the night, Astros Rangers. Who you got? We'll make that pick as well. Coming back. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. What's poppin'? Who you a Brand new whip just hopped in. The pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks when you use promo code HORN. All right, popping Longhorns, as we mentioned, a lot of uh, watch lists Longhorns are making. Keep an eye on. Obviously, you got to go finish the deal, but at least putting yourself on the radar. Five Longhorns announced yesterday as finalists for the, or at least on the watch list for the uh, Lombardi Award given away by the Rotary Club of Houston at the end of the year. Actually, in December is when that award comes out. Uh, J- Jalen Ford. Defensive lineman uh, Tavondre Sweat, who's having a great year. Offensive tackles Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks, along with Jatavion Sanders on that Lombardi Award watch list. The entire Texas offensive line has made the uh, the uh, midseason honor roll for the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the best offensive line, and obviously uh, on that watch list too. And then Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, one of 26 head coaches across the country on the Paul Bear Bryant Award watch list. Uh, also on that list would be G.J. Kinney. G.J. Kinney is doing a heck of a job. He's killing it there, man. He's got the Bobcats down at Texas State off to their best start in programs, FBS history. Best offensive turnaround in the country. Uh, 20 points per game difference for them. And, yeah. I think right now my vote would go to Kalen DeBoer at Washington or Brett Venables. That's a good one. I can't argue against that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, because everybody expected Oklahoma to be a year behind. Like It's like, oh, man, they're a year behind Texas at least because there's a lot of comparison between the Texas uh, rebuild and Oklahoma and then headed to the SEC. And I think Brett Venables letting people know, like, no, nah, man, we got the transfer portal too. Yeah, so yeah. It, no, it's, it's it quicker doesn't take than as long thought. as you thought. Yeah, I think yeah. Dion's pro- matter of fact, that's who should win it for me. That's who would win the award for me. Transfer portal. All right, we're already talking about GJ Kenny's uh, what he's done at Texas State, which is remarkable, or what Dion's done at Colorado, which is also remarkable, or what Brett Venables did at Oklahoma. You're talking about really all of them doing it via the transfer portal and being able to expedite 
these rebuilds. Bringing in my kind of guys, right? Exactly. OKGs, baby. Our kind of guys. That's right. And so those would be the two. You know who will not be getting a vote is uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, not getting a vote. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what they should start making? By the way, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the last time the Aggies won a road game in the SEC. That's that's unbelievable. That's crazy. Two years. Come on, Jimbo. Do they have, like, you know the, the, the Razzies? You ever know what the Razzies are? Yeah, the worst songs, worst movies of the year. Yeah, they guys like, the nothing. Oscars is basically the reverse Oscars. They should do that for college football awards. <laughs> Jimbo would <laughs> for, like, be coaches, hard to beat. For the coaches. Because <laughs> that team's bad. <laughs> they are really bad. Also, uh, after the show today, uh, Mike, uh, Rod, Mike, and I, Mike Craven and I will be recording the, uh, the Eyes on Texas podcast Love for the it, week. Man. We're only doing one this week because it was a bye week. No game to recap, so we'll just be looking at the Houston game. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had an interesting comment on uh, on Twitter, Mike did, that I, I noted. Because he's talking about, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna fire Jimbo, fire him. You know, the, the story came out with with Brett Venables that, through Brett Venables with uh, Brett Bruce Feldman, that you know we'll find the money if we need to, because because everybody's course. talking about this six seventy million dollar problem they have. Well, Rod, is it, you know if they don't do it this year, it's going to be sixty million next year. You're only saving yourself ten million. It's a ten million dollar problem. It's not a six seventy million dollar. It's not like that buyout goes down next year. That's a great point. It just goes down ten million a year every year. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Wait till three years? Yeah. And like, All right. Now we saved forty million. Let's go. It's yeah. Like, Where's your program going to be by then? Then we're right. ten years behind program wise. That's right. Exactly. That ten so million ain't worth it. If you if the, if you have all the evidence you need that it's not going to work, you kind of got to do it because it's only it's, if it's seventy this year, it's sixty next year, and then it's fifty the next year. Uh, so you're only saving yourself ten million dollars a year by keeping the guy. Is that worth it? With, no. Because what right. if the recruiting dries up? And uh, now Texas is entering the conference. Oklahoma's entering your conference. It's a great GM uh, in the NFL uh, who once said, if it's inevitable, make it immediate. Yes. If it's going to happen anyway, why the hell are you waiting on it? If it's inevitable, make it immediate because your job's on the line. <laughs> you may not be here when the inevitable happens, so make it immediate. Well, that, I think there are people in New England saying that with the Patriots, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, if it's inevitable now, we don't need to be chasing Don Shula records here. Exactly. we, we got to do what's best for us. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think that's a good point about Jimbo, though. It is. It's, it, it doesn't go down. Yeah. And you never are going to save on this thing. You're just saving the annual salary, essentially. Um, big picture. Man, that, that was a... That, that that deal was so bad now in retrospect. <laughs> that, I didn't think it was that bad at the time, but yeah, it's looking worse and worse every day. Yeah, because not only did they sign him to leave Florida State, he then doubled down and got an extension on top of it. Because they were they were they were, they they didn't like being mocked about the initial contract, they so they doubled down on it <laughs> to try to give like uh, yeah in your face, and it's like actually probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we'll be dropping that uh, new episode to preview the Houston game coming up uh, tomorrow. We'll record it today, Mike Craven and myself. Just okay, uh, Rod. Uh, what's popping? We had football last night. Oh, yeah. Ty did not hit his Sex Panther pick of the night because uh, Liberty Liberty won but didn't cover. They beat Middle Tennessee 42-35. to They're now 7-0. and Also, bomb. South Alabama, Major Applewhite's team rolled past Ooh, Southern Miss. 55? Is that a 55? 55. 55 on them. Uh, but we got football tonight, too. Who we got? Uh, Who that? Tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, oh, Creed's Start game tonight. We got Creed. Damn it. Well, that's, that's what I'm watching tonight. I'm not seeing a game tonight. UTEP and oh yeah, UTEP, New Mexico State. UTEP, New Mexico State. It's one of my picks. Rivals. New Mexico State minus three. Oh, good for Mike Craven. My buddy Mike Craven will be at that game. Why? Covering that game for Dave Campbell's Texas. Oh yeah, because <laughs> UTEP is in the state. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Mike, I need to text Mike. Why are you going to that game, man? Okay, he's working. All right, he's working. That's why season. I love Mike. He, he he goes all he goes to get eyes on all these teams in Texas. Yeah, he makes sure. Uh, you have FIU. 
uh, Tom Herman in action tonight against Sam Houston and Huntsville. Hey. Oh, his quarterback's out, right? Because Casey Thompson's out. Yeah, he is out. Yeah, so I wonder the quarterback, too. So you got two NF- two college football games. And the Astros and Rangers. That's why Goose Creed Rose. is playing. I'm One assuming, time, Ty, baby. you're taking the Rangers tonight. I'm taking Rangers first five innings, minus a half point. I'm taking uh, minus one and a half run line and money line. I'm going all in tonight. Hey, mm. Rod, Rod, let's get this tonight. You got the Astros it. hat on. Let's go, baby. Let's get these go cocky Tools. Ranger fans quieted down just a bit. Please. It's going to be even worse tomorrow morning. <laughs> 20, uh. no, 54 outs. Enjoy them. <laughs> hey, it's been, a, it's been, a, been a fun six years, Ty. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> well, this is now. I don't live in the past. <laughs> That's why you shouldn't get too overconfident, my friend. You're facing an uh, experienced animal here. All right, Pedigree. Rod. He's playing this to Stamakis, and it's okay. He's earned it. It's all seven right. and zero. It's time to they're gonna be playing it in the guilt tonight, so it's okay. It's time for the Rastros to do something about it. You damn ready to right. see that tonight? I'm damn you damn right. I'm ready. Come well, on. Whatever happens tonight, we'll be talking about it tomorrow. We'll also be previewing the uh, Thursday night special in the NFL and. Uh, all the sports of the morning. It'll be a five-hour extravaganza. If you missed any part of today's show, including the set list ATX with Nick Shuley, um, and we, we chatted with uh, J.J. Gotch, president of the Austin Gamblers, all yes, that sir. podcast at hornfm.com. Rod, have a great one. You too, brother. Go Jers. Reduction says.